Father, I pray that that would be true in our lives. We've been singing about allowing you to take us into the deep water and then trusting you. It's like Peter who asked for Jesus to call him out of the boat and he stepped over the side and in the middle of that he took his eyes off Christ and so often that's what we do with you. So God, would you help us to trust, to follow, to say yes to you. And Lord, in the next few moments, it's what we're going to talk about from your word. And so would you help us to understand that by your spirit? And you know our hearts this morning. You know all the stuff that's going on in there. And so we ask that your spirit would just clear away the junk and would be able to speak to us in a way that's clear and that we understand. And then don't let us just hear your word. Make us doers of it. Make us willing to step up and say yes to you and follow you where it is that you're leading us. I pray that for us as individuals, but also as a church body as a whole, that we would follow where you want us to go. We'll praise you for it. Use your word in our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You may have a seat. I forgot one announcement this morning about the fair. Um, right after the service, if you have signed up and or are planning on signing up, uh, either one, if you want to come right down front right after, we just want to give you a, little, a few instructions to make sure that you have all the information that you need. So right after the service, uh, we'll be down here. It'll take about five minutes just by the time people mill around a little bit. But if you're signed up or planning on it, right down here, and Pastor Mike and I will be here to kind of help you a little bit with that. We are coming, coming up quickly, actually next week, uh, we're looking at our Sign Up Sunday once again, which if you've been with us for any time at all, you know that Sign Up Sunday for us is when we don't really do a membership. We have asked people every year to make a commitment to be part of the body, to serve together, to, to be part of a small group, to uh, be part of the ministry that's going on here at Mossbrook Church. And so this week, I'm leading up to that. The last few weeks, we've been talking about the church, which leads up to this whole thing. And this week, I want to talk to you about mission. And you'll see that the title up there is this, A Simple Mission. There's a very specific reason for why I said a simple mission. Here's why. I've got a challenge for you. I want you right now, and don't feel embarrassed because everybody's going to, well, Whoever's willing to go this road with me will do this. But right now, pat your belly and rub your head. Come on. There's a couple of you who can do it. Okay? Pat your belly, and you'll find that when you try to do that, you start doing the opposite, or you start doing both the same, or right? You, you're with me. Okay. It's called simple instructions, but we all struggle with simplicity right? And sometimes things that seem simple don't end up being all that simple. It's like giving a child uh, a, a couple of instructions, right? You can't list the instructions out if, if you're like my son. If you give them more than one, sometimes even one is a struggle. But if you give them too many instructions, right, they get lost in the instructions. And, and they might do one part of what it is that you ask, but they probably won't continue down the road to finish all of the stuff that they're supposed to do. And we pawn that off on kids and we say, kids can't do it. But the honest truth is, there you go. As adults, 
We're just as bad as they are. We're just the adult, and we get to hide it. Simple things are not always simple. And often in our world, we make things incredibly complicated, and so we don't follow through, and we don't finish what it is that we're supposed to be doing because we've, we've added too much to the scope of what it is we're trying to accomplish. When you're building something or you're doing a project, you learn very quickly as a, as a project manager that you break it down in the scope of work to do one item at a time, right, Jay, when you're building a bridge? You look at it one item at a time and you try to complete those items in a specific order so you don't become overwhelmed with the whole project. God knows us very well. And he created us, and in creating us, he knew how simple we really are. Some of us try to hide it. Some of us claim to be able to multitask. It's a lie, by the way. You're very distracted when you're doing it. And God knows us, and he knows our hearts, and he knows how we tick, and he knows that we're very simple beings. And so when God designed the church and he set the church up, he really only gave us One simple mission. That's it. Now, we've taken one simple mission and we've convoluted it into a whole bunch of stuff and we've made it very difficult and we've explained why we can't do it the way that he said that could be done and we've added parts and pieces here and there and finally what we end up doing is nothing. So I want to go back to the simplicity of the mission today. What God actually set for the church what it looks like. What's the mission? God knew me. I'm not going to put you in this. I already kind of did, but he knew me. And he knew that Tim Knowles is easily distracted. Oh, look, there's a squirrel, right? He knew that it doesn't take much for me to get sidetracked. And he knew you. And he knew that it didn't take much for you to get sidetracked either. And so God, in his great wisdom, looked at the body that he was making the church. And he said, look, I'm going to make this in such a way that this is easy for them to accomplish. Now, I'm not saying the job is easy. I'm saying that the mission for them to understand it and know the direction that they're supposed to go. This is very simple. Now, walking it out can be difficult. But the mission itself is simple. Now, I believe, before I jump into this also, that there's one other element to this that happens. We live in a world that's full of distractions, right? There's a lot going on. There's a lot in your families. There's a lot of distractions in your home. There's a lot of things that can pull you away, that can eat your time, that can make you think that you're so busy you can't do anything else because life is just full to the max. And I think Satan has done a great job of distracting us from the one thing that God really says that matters. And he's filled our lives with all kinds of stuff that would draw us away from the simplicity of the mission. So here it is. Acts chapter 1, if you have your Bible, I'm going to read a few verses from starting at verse 4. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 4. While he was with them, the disciples, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which, he said, 
you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? Stop here for a minute. So let me give you the background. Let me help you understand the passage. Jesus has gone to the cross and he's died on the cross and he was resurrected three days later. So he paid the price for sin. The whole idea of what he was telling the disciples that would happen, that he would be the savior of the world. He would be the Messiah. He would be the lamb who would pay the price for sin. He already has done that. And he's been in and out of the disciples' lives a few times. He showed up in a couple places with them. And he's explained a little bit about some of the stuff that's about to come. And they're all meeting together and Jesus is there with them. And he says, hey, remember back in the book of John. Now we know it as the book of John. But remember when I was with you and I told you that when I leave, I'm going to send one just like me called the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come and he will indwell you and he will lead you into all truth. That's what he said he would do. And he's getting ready to do that. And he has the disciples all gathered together. And immediately, the disciples are distracted. You catch that in the verse? You see the distraction? Jesus is setting them up. He's getting ready to say, hey, I'm going to put this all together. I'm going to make it work the way I promised it was going to work. And their thoughts turn in verse 6 to what? Anybody see it? What? What? The kingdom, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? We've been waiting for this, Jesus. Remember back in John when we were studying John? The disciples kept saying, hey, when you restore the kingdom, can I be on your right hand? Can I be on your left? Can I be one of the big dudes? That's us. We would say the same thing. And they were waiting for a physical kingdom to come. And Jesus kept saying, look, you don't get it. That's not what's going to happen. That's not what I'm all about. I have another plan for the church. And the church is going to do something amazing. It's going to change the spiritual lives of people. And so Jesus dies on the cross. He's risen again. He comes back. They see him. And Jesus is standing before them and saying, remember what I told you. I'm going to give you the spirit of God. I'm going to give you the comforter. And life is going to change. And the disciples go, hey, what about the kingdom? so easily distracted. It's just like us. The same thing happens to us. Remember this as you're looking that these guys, these disciples, they're no different than you and I. They were simple men. They were fishermen. They were average guys just like us. And sometimes we want to think that we're a little bit above average. And some of you are, but most of us aren't. And then there's some of us sitting in the room, we're below average, and we get it. And that's okay. It doesn't matter. But we're easily pulled off the mission. And so Jesus pulls these guys all back together in a room, and he's getting ready to set up this thing called the church. And he says, guys, I want to pull you back to the main point. I want to get you to understand the simplicity of the mission. And here it is. And they go, oh, there's a squirrel. That's what they do. And Jesus is like, come back, come back. Look at verse 7. He says this. And he said to them, and this is important for our distraction. Are you ready for this? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. 
Guys, let me stop for a minute and help you to understand all those distractions, those things that you think you control, those things that you think you can handle, those things that pull you away and you're going to do something major about them. Those are in the Father's hands. They're not yours. And Satan uses those to distract you from the mission. And God is sitting in heaven saying, look, I've got all that under control. You just do the one thing I asked you to do. Forget about everything else. And so Jesus looks at these disciples and he says, you want a kingdom set up? That's not in your realm. You don't even need to know about it. That's for the Father to know because he's the, he's the one who has the authority. He's the one who created the plan. He's the planner. Let's remember roles again. God the Father in your life is the author and the designer of your life. He created you. He put you together. He understands your steps. He knows the plan that he has for you. He has a purpose for your life. He designed you with a purpose. He's putting you in a certain way and he made you in a certain way because he wants to fulfill something for the kingdom of God in you. He's the author of you, God. Jesus Christ is the artist or the builder. He's the one who takes the plan of God and he fulfills it in your life. He makes it work out in your life. He helps you understand it and work it out. That's who Jesus Christ is. And the spirit of God is the one who gives you the energy and the power to do what the author set. That's the way it works. And so Jesus is sitting with these disciples and he looks at them and he says, hey, come back to task. That what you're asking, that's for the Father to know. Don't get wrapped up in that. Come back here. Come back with us. I want to say the same to you for the church. This body that God has put together here, God the Father has a plan for us. But that plan is his. And our job as a body, as a church body, is to say yes to him. It's to follow where he leads. It's to allow Jesus Christ the head of the church to lead us the direction that he wants us to go and allow the spirit of God to give us the energy and the strength to fulfill the mission of God through this body. That's why we're here. That's the purpose. And so Jesus looks at these disciples and he says, hey, stay on task. Come back with me. Walk with me in the direction that we're supposed to go. See, for a lot of us, we want to make the plan. Anybody with me? <laughs> Any other control freaks in the room? <laughs> Stop hitting your spouse. I saw you guys. We want to make the plan. And then we want to tell everybody else what the plan is. And then when they don't listen, we want to complain because they didn't follow the plan that we had set up. Instead of realizing that the authority belongs to the Father. Now I want to go a step farther because that's still pretty general. Let me help you to understand that a little bit more. The plan of the Father for you could be sickness. It could be a lot of internal struggle. He could have designed you with the ability to handle success, but here's the key about that one. See, we, we preach in North America a lot, a gospel of success, and the problem is, is not most of us could handle it. 
You're not prepared to handle it. God didn't set you up to handle it. But some of you, he may have. Some of you, he gifted to do one thing and to do it really well, and you're trying to do 20, and you're not doing any of them well. Some of you, he gifted to do a lot of things fairly well and to lead a lot of people fairly well, but you're back doing one, and you're stuck on that, and you haven't stepped out of it. Some of you, he gave an incredible heart of compassion for a large group of people and you sat silent because you don't want to speak up about that mercy gift or that compassion that you have. Some of you, he's given the gift and the ability to, to serve and to be helpful. Some of you, he's given the ability to lead in various areas of the community, but yet you've sat silent. He's the one who designs the plan. He's the one who has the authority to give you the abilities that he wants to give you. And our job is to say yes to him. To say yes. But he is in control. That's what Jesus is saying to these guys. He's the one in control, not you. He's got it. He's in control. Some of you, he's told you that you're going to be single. Some are married, and, and he said, look, I want you to live with your spouse, and I want you to honor that person and, and lift them up and encourage them. Some, he's given children. Some, he said, no, you're not going to have children. Son, he's given a good job. Some of you, he's given a difficult job. But in the middle of all of that, it's admitting the fact that he's God, and he is an authority. And he's the one who sets the mission. He has authority over your life as a Christ follower to do with it as he sees fit. Are you up for that? (laughs) Am I up for that? It's hard. I agree. It's hard. If you are a Christ follower, he has authority. If you're not a Christ follower, you're trying to figure it out. (laughs) And you're struggling. Because the grand designer... The one who has authority over all things has a plan for you too. And you're just trying to go your own way. Look at verse 8. I want to show you the mission before we run out of time. Here it is. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my, you say the word, witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's a simple mission. It's a very simple mission. The mission is simply this, that you'll be his witness. But here's the word. Look at the very beginning of this. He says it this way. He says, but you, what's the word there? Will. Say it with me, but you will receive. It's not, some of you will receive the Holy Spirit. Some of you won't be good enough, so I'm not going to give them to you. That's not it at all. He says this, if you end up being a Christ follower, if you come to the place where you understand what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross and you accept his gift of the payment of your sin, then he says this, and you will receive. If you claim to be a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit lives in you now, right now. He indwells in you. You have what you need because the Holy Spirit indwells you at this moment. If you go through the New Testament, you find this, that the job of the Holy Spirit is to lead you in truth, to point you in the direction that God wants you to go. So if you're a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit lives in you and is directing you the way you should go. You've got to listen and say yes. So you will receive the Holy Spirit. 
Now look at the next part. And when the Holy Spirit has come on you, look at the next. You, what's the word? What is it? You're not with me. What is it? You will be what? Oh, stop again. Uh-uh. Let's say that together. You will be. Huh. You will be my witness. Some of us have the feeling that when I come to know Jesus Christ and I accept him as my Lord and my Savior, when I feel comfortable, I will be your witness, God. When it's convenient for me, I'll be your witness. When I know enough, God, I'll speak out. God, there are people who are so much better than I am. And I'm just a humble little guy who doesn't know a lot, so I probably shouldn't speak up. I'm going to mess it up, God. You know I will. That's what I always do. It's not what it says. He says this, that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will be my witness. It's not an option. This isn't up for discussion. He says, you will be. It's going to happen. If you really love me, if you really know me, if you're in, you'll be my witness. It's who you're going to be. You have the power. You have the ability. And the moment you come to Jesus, did you know this? You know everything that you need to know (laughs) to be his witness. Now, the word witness, it's a verb. The word witness here means to give or to serve as evidence, to testify. It means this. It means that your lifestyle will show who Jesus Christ is you. Your talk, your mouth, how you use your mouth will show who Jesus Christ is in you. And what you do, your actions will show who Jesus Christ is in you. You will be a witness. You will serve as a reminder and a testimony to the person of Jesus Christ, to everyone who's around you all the time. Not some of the time. All the time. You will be my witness. You will testify to the greatness of God. So what are we supposed to testify about? What are we supposed to talk about? What is it that that God wants us to speak about? Well, here it is. Did Christ do anything for you? Did he change you at all? Are you a different person since you ran into Jesus Christ? Since you met Jesus Christ? Has he made any changes in who you are? That's what you talk about. It's to talk about the changes that he made in you. Did he change your relationships? Has he changed your outlook on life? Has he given you a purpose for life? Has he given you the ability to live life in a totally different way because you ran into Jesus Christ? That's what you're a witness about. This is what happened to me. I love it in the Gospels when he talks about the guy who was healed and they take him into the Sanhedrin and they're they're telling him, hey, look, what happened to you? How in the world did, did this guy do this? And he's like, look, look, I don't know what you want me to say except for this. I couldn't do this. I was, I was sick. I was blind. But now I see. And that's what a witness is, is at one point I was like this, but now I'm like this. I don't know Jesus did it. 
When was the last time that was your explanation? I don't know. Jesus did it. That's what a witness does. Where do I do this? Well, this verse says this, that I do it everywhere. Look at the verse. It says that you will be my witness in Jerusalem at home, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let me help you to understand that. In Jerusalem, in South Paris, Norway, Oxford, wherever it is that you live, at home, you will be a witness to the greatness of Jesus Christ. In Poland, if you live here, then in Poland, Lewiston, and Auburn, wherever it is that you travel, you will be a witness to the greatness of Jesus Christ in your life. And then in Portland, in Samaria, right? Portland's farther away. They're different than us in Portland. They don't, they don't act like us, right? It's different. In Samaria, those were different people. They lived life differently than we did. That's the big city. They live differently than we do. But in Samaria, you talk about the greatness of Jesus Christ in your life. And then it says this, to the ends of the world, wherever you might find yourself. When we send Holly off, be a witness to the greatness of Jesus Christ in your life. That's the point of this. Now, I need you to understand something because we get off. I know I've been all excited about being a witness and talking about the truth of Jesus Christ. But sometimes we think that there are secret agents, and I get to be one. Follow where I'm going? We're undercover. We're undercover Christians. I'm a secret agent, and I'm going to infiltrate, and nobody will know who I am. I'm going to act just like everybody else, I'm going to live life just like everybody else. And I'm a secret agent. And if they find out, I could die. Seriously, as Christ followers, we act like this, folks. Instead of being a witness to the greatness of Jesus Christ, we're sliding under the radar. I don't want anybody to know that God changed me. I don't want anybody to know that he did anything in my life. And at some point, bang, hello, I'm a Christian. Say, this guy's weird. But that's what we do. With one group, when we're in Sunday morning, woohoo, Jesus is great. But throughout the rest of the week, I'm a secret agent and I'm hiding. And you know what? I've read the whole Bible. There are no secret agents, it's not there. He says that when I become in Christ, I am a new creation, bought by and owned by God for the glory of God, for the building of his church and of his kingdom. No secret agents. Have you been a secret agent lately? Has your job been, hey, I'm, I'm sliding under the radar. I don't want anybody to know that this is going on in my life. And someday, can I be really honest with you? Those people that you're sliding under the radar, they're dying and going to hell. Because the only way that we can be right with our creator, God, is through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can know we need a relationship with Jesus Christ is if someone tells us. And those people that you're sliding along with, 
You're sliding them right along to an eternity without God. There are no secret agents. It's straight up, I'm a follower of Christ, and this is what he did. I'm his witness. It's a simple mission. It's very simple. It's tell the truth about what Jesus Christ has done in you. And if you've got nothing to talk about, then you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? If you've got nothing to talk about, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when he changes your heart, you know it. You don't have to guess. You don't have to guess. So who's the one person? Or the people that you are being a witness to right now? Who is it? Who are you giving away Jesus to right now? Folks, this comes down to a choice. Either I'm all in for Christ or I'm not. He doesn't give it halfway. Either I'm all in, either Jesus has paid the price for my sin and he's changed my heart and he's made me into a new creation in Jesus Christ, or I'm not. What he did for me radically changed me. And it changes me every day. And what he's given to me, I want to give away. I'm all in. If it wasn't all in, I wouldn't be here right now. I'm all in. There's no part way. I've asked Catherine and the band to sing a song for us. You can stay seated. It's a special. It's not one that we know. Some of you might have heard it before. But the song is by Matthew West, and it says, I'm all in. (laughs) I've come to know Jesus Christ, and every part of me, everything about me is in for what he has for me. The Father has a plan for you, and Jesus Christ wants to build that plan in you, and the Spirit of God wants to give you the power and the ability to walk that plan out. Are you all in, or aren't you? Just pay attention to the words as they sing for us this morning. So guys, the mission's simple. If you've been touched by Jesus Christ, be a witness. Tell somebody. And in the being simple, it's really difficult. Because you've got to tell somebody. You've got to be honest about what God's doing in you. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you've got it all together. It doesn't mean you know all the answers. You just know that Jesus Christ gave his life, paid the price for your sin so you could live again, so you could be free, so you could give it away. Y'all in? Y'all in? Father, help us to be all in. Help us as a church to say yes to you, to your plan. Help us to be willing to speak the truth of what Jesus Christ has done in us. God, we are sinners who've been saved by grace, so we're saints. We haven't got it all together. We still fail. We still mess up. 
But Jesus has promised through his spirit to help us, encourage us, and grant us the strength to keep going. Give us the courage to be all in and to speak the truth of what you've done in us. Help us to be the church this week. In your name, amen. Have a great week, guys.